the Oasis Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today's reading is taken from Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 30. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticise you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you're getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, and he was your messenger to help me in my need. I'm sending him because he's been longing to see you and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I'm all the more anxious to send him back to you. For I know you'll be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy, and give him the honour that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. Hi friends. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Adrian. Hello to everyone downstairs. Hello to everyone upstairs. Hello everyone to online. Really good to get together. Really good to get to share. Um, thank you, Rebecca, as well, for reading the Bible so excellently over us. And we're going to be digging in to this passage in a few minutes' time as we continue to see that Jesus is enough, full stop, for you, for me, for everyone. And um, before we get there, I just wanted to Take us back in time, 30 years. Now, for some of us, we're thinking, I can't imagine 30 years ago. How old are you? Yeah, that old. That's how old I am. So 30 years ago, I'm 19. Uh, there you go. You can calculate that. For some of you, you're going to be bored for the rest of this time. So you're just going to be figuring out, so how old are you? 30 plus 19. There we go. So 19, and I'm with some friends on a Sunday evening. And we've been to church together. And we're hanging out at someone's home and we're hanging out in the garden. It's kind of September time. It's warm enough to be out there. We're having a tea and coffee, chatting. And it gets to about 10 p.m. 
And suddenly someone sees a strange sight. In the sky, there is the lights that seem to appear and they kind of come together in a circle formation and then kind of seem to separate and then come back in this circle formation. And they're not just there for like a few seconds, they're just maintaining their kind of illumination through this whole period. And someone sees it and points it out to everyone else. There's about 20 of us uh, kind of hanging out. And now, I was the youngest one there, and me and a friend, and then there was a number of other people who were a lot older than us. And those that were older and wiser suddenly said, like, I wonder if this is an alien spaceship. <laughs> and I'm thinking, maybe. And then it kind of does this thing again. And then at this point, as they say that, the circle kind of kind of dissipates, and, and these lights just fly out all over the sky. At that point, someone who's a bit more spiritual says, I wonder if they're angels. <gasps> angels? Within five seconds, someone then said, I think it's the end of the world. Man, I'm there just sat drinking my tea thinking, sorry, we've jumped from lights aliens, angels, to the end of the world. At this point, people who I really respect fall to their knees and start to repent. I'm thinking, what is going on? One of my close friends, who's a similar age to me, just sprints off, literally runs off into the night. I speak to him a day or so later, as we can tell, it wasn't the end of the earth. And he went off knocking on random doors, saying, it's the end of the world. For me, I kind of was thinking, I don't know what's going on. However, it got to a point of me thinking, I know I've got work tomorrow. And so I thought, well, I've got to get up early, so I think I'll drive home. And so everyone else is obviously way more spiritual, repenting, telling everyone else. I then drive home. As I get home, I suddenly think, man, these lights are following me. And I get to my house. I'm still living with my parents at this point, And I think, this is crazy. I can see the lights in the sky. And so I, I go into my house and realize that everyone's asleep. So I go up and I wake my parents up. Like I hadn't done that for years. And so I'm waking my parents up and I say, look, you've got to come out. There's this sight to behold. And so I drag them out and they are in their pajamas. And my dad goes outside and he looks at the sky and he says, what are you talking about? Can't you see the lights reflecting on the clouds? That's not being projected from above, that's from being projected from below. Go to bed. <laughs> you see, this was the day and age before mobile phones, before the internet, where you could just Google what on earth is going on. So we had to wait. The next morning, you find out on local news that Tina Turner, the late Tina Turner, had been doing a concert a mile or so outside of Bedford, the town that I was living in, and part of the finale of that was this light display. Now, I wasn't the only one. The police were inundated in that evening with calls of alien invasion and the end of times. You see, lights in the sky do something. They grab our attention, particularly when it's dark. You know, no one goes outside when it's dark and thinks, I know, I'll look up and look at the blackness. Now, they look up to look at the stars, these lights breaking through for millions and millions of miles away. Our minds trying to get around with, is this star still in existence or is it a light that's reaching us? And yet it's not in existence at the moment. There's something about light and it's shining that draws our minds to it. 
our eyes to it. And in this passage that we've just read, Paul says, hey, I want you to get hold of something. Yeah, Jesus is enough full stop. So let's shine. That's what he says, so let's shine. I think um, take that, then repeated that some years later. Um, Let it shine. Do, 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 do. You can go and listen to that rendition in a slightly better version, but verse 15, Paul writes, shining like bright lights, that who are we to be in this world? Are you to be like shining bright lights? Yeah, Jesus is enough, full stop. So let's shine. Why? Because it's dark. The world around us is dark. You only have to look at the news. The reason where we started this morning in praying for this conflict that just seems beyond our comprehension, beyond our understanding, beyond our ability to do anything in, we think it just seems dark and we need your light, Jesus, to break in. We look at the news and can see moments of conflict, yep, moments of war, yep. We can see moments of brokenness, moments of hopelessness, and we can think, yeah, this feels dark. We can then localize it and just think and listen to this city and all that's going on. If you got to live, listen to Farlon 4 on Monday night and you hear just the, the state that our city's in at the moment, in bankruptcy, just thinking like, what's this gonna mean to the most vulnerable in our city? It just feels dark. You then kind of localize it more and just look at the people we're around with and hang around with and the situations we're facing personally and say, yeah, it just seems a broken world that we're in. It can feel hopeless sometimes. It can feel dark. And so Paul says, yeah, yeah, that's why Jesus enough full stop causes us to shine. Because he gets hold of what Jesus said about those who follow him. See, Jesus came into the world and says, yeah, I am light. I've come to illuminate there's this other way. I've come to say, yeah, darkness, you've had your day. Now I've come to flood this world with my light that is revealed in my goodness, my love, my kindness, my justice, my rightness. And then he says in Matthew 5, oh, just as I'm light, I now call all those who follow me to be light. To be light together like a city on a hill. You know, a city on a hill that as you drive past and it's lit up, you think, yeah, I can see that. It could be miles away and yet you see it. And Paul sees what Jesus has said. He said, yeah, that's what we're to be. We're to shine. Paul says we're to shine as we gather and as we scatter. That we shine in who we are as a church community in how we gather together but also then individually as we scatter into the unique spaces and places that God has placed you and God has placed me. Like, to shine in how we gather, Paul is speaking to this church in Philippi. And he kind of uses this moment to remind them of who they are collectively together and what is said of them is true of us. So he uses this moment in this part of this passage that Rebecca read over us is he says, oh yeah, it's like a sacrifice. Like how you live is like a sacrifice. And he does that in, for two reasons. He does it for a reason of saying, yep, yeah, how you live is like an act of worship to God. But also he's doing this moment of causing this hyperlink. Say, oh yeah, who are the people who did sacrifices? Oh, they were the people of God in the Old Testament. 
He's like saying, hey, who you are, church in Philippi, is, hey, you're, you're the people of God. Like when you read and hear the stories of what happened in the Old Testament, like that's this moment now that's being revealed of this people of God, that their fulfillment through Jesus. You're not any old bunch of people, church in Philippi, small church in Birmingham called Oasis. You're the people of God. Like know that when you gather together. So all that Richard looked at last week is that, that first part of chapter two is like, hey, how are you going to shine when you gather together? Well, shine through your oneness, your unity. Why? Because that reveals the God who is Father, Son, and Spirit, who is one, who is love. That how you act towards one another when you gather together shines out to the world around of who God is, this God of oneness and love. As you remember, Rich so excellently, eloquently showed us that actually the reason we can do that is because Jesus came and gave all in order that we could gain all. And therefore, we live with that rhythm of understanding that we've gained everything from Jesus, which then means we can give everything towards one another in order that we can be one and be unified. But Paul continues in this bit to say, yep, Yeah, you shine as you gather, but you also shine as you scatter. Scatter into the unique places you've been placed, the streets we live on, the workplaces we're working in, our schools, our universities, our retirement, the communities we rub shoulders with. That wherever we find ourselves, we're seeking to shine, revealing the wonder of the life Jesus affords us and calls us then to reveal to others to invite them in to know his light and his life. See, Paul finishes this section, and you kind of think, that's a weird thing to do. He kind of talks about how we're to be those that shine like light. And then he kind of ends it by talking about two guys, Timothy and Epaphroditus. Why does he do that? Well, because he's modeling everything he's spoken about. He like points to these two individuals and says, hey, Timothy, this is someone who is known but not part of the church in Philippi. He says, oh yeah, he's modeling what it is to shine. Like how he shines this life of Jesus, he's one who's always about putting Jesus' interests above his own. And then he zooms in on this other character, Epaphroditus, who is part of the church in Philippi and says, hey, this guy... You need to honor him because he models what it is to shine because he was willing to risk his own life for Jesus. He says, oh yeah, you want to know what it is to shine? Yeah, look at Timothy, look at Epaphroditus. Like We haven't got time to dig into them loads today. Like, look at that over the coming week because we're doing this, aren't we, together. This isn't like every Sunday, oh yeah, we've done that, Philippians, move on. No, it's together we then carry on the journey of discovering the wonder of all that Paul is painting of how Jesus is enough will stop through this amazing letter. But how do we shine then? Verse 12, Paul says this, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. That's uncomfortable. I thought we were saying Jesus is enough, full stop. 
But this seems to say Jesus is enough, comma, maybe a bit of a space, work hard. Or Jesus is enough and. I don't think that's what Paul's saying here at all. But I want us to understand that because if we're going to know what it is to shine, we need to know the way in which we're to do it. So how I want to do that is just quickly move. And um, I want to introduce us to two ways of how we can shine. You see, I'd say there is a way that is heavy and a way that is light. Let's start with the way that is heavy. Now, I've brought with me um, 10K. 10K G-man. Now, some of you are thinking, we all know those aren't yours, Adrian. Well, there's someone in my household, I'll let you guess whose they are. Lucy, that's correct. <laughs> um, see, the way that is heavy says, Jesus is enough and. And it introduces you to two weights that you're to carry. The weight of ought to and the weight of earn it. See, the way of ought to is that you then think, yeah, Jesus is enough. I ought to watch how I live my life. And so you get on with your day and you're in your office. I don't know, you're in your home. You're bumping into a neighbor and you think, "Mm, I ought to say hello to them because that's what you men do, isn't it? I ought to be kind to them. Oh, it's someone's turn to make the cups of tea. I ought to do that and we traipse over there. Hey, everyone, I'm making a cup of tea. Anyone else want one? Because I'm a follower of Jesus. It's the kind of stuff we do. Poof, here's your cup of tea. Maybe it's not ought to, maybe it's earn it. Jesus, yep, you're enough. Jesus, you love me. And now I've got to show that I am worth loving. I've got to earn it. And we kind of make this list continuously of like, yeah, today, yeah, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Yep. Uh, This person, yeah, I bought a sandwich for them. Oh, that person, I made some time. I, I didn't actually speak and talk about myself for like two questions. I like waited. I said like, how are you? And then waited to listen. I wasn't really listening. I was just kind of blank, kind of, "Mm, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Anyway, tell me me about you. Like, I was waiting because, hey, that's what I'm doing. I'm earning this. And then we get to the end of the day, and we're thinking about our life, and we say, hey, God, did you see what I did? Do you see what I did? Or maybe we gather with other people and say, hey, you never guess what. Like, I did these things this week. Awesome! Look at the guns! Look at the guns! I don't know why I did that. I just thought I should. And, but the thing is, you see, when you're weighed down, it's just hard work. And the thing is, already, I can feel the tension in my arms. Like, I, I'm already praying, saying, God, would my back not give up at this moment in time? because I'm slightly frail in my back. And when we live this way, with ought to, with earn it, is we just live heavy, burdened. 
And the thing is, if I was to just keep moving with these, carry them for the day, I promise you I'd start to look pretty tired. I'd start to sweat. And I'd start to smell bad. And you see, I wonder if that's how it looks sometimes. When we live saying, ought to earn it, I think what people in the end encounter is something that doesn't actually smell very nice and definitely doesn't shine. And so actually there's this different way I think we're meant to go. A way of lightness. A way where we don't pick up anything. And my arms feel so free. Because what Paul's saying is actually there's this other way that we're to live. A way that is not about like ought to, isn't about earn it, but rather is yeah, just be who you are. Like be who you are because Jesus is enough. Jesus has redefined us as individuals. Therefore, just live from that place. Like Jesus said that he'd come, Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he'd come in order that we'd have this life that's characterized by ease and lightness. And therefore, Jesus says, this is how you therefore get to shine. Paul's saying, this is how you get to shine, in lightness. He goes on to say, like, why? Because you're living, verse 16, in the good of the one who is the word of life. Like everything of where we shine from comes from this reality with those now that are rooted, grafted, implanted, plugged in to the source of life, who is Jesus. The word of life, who is Jesus. And that we therefore get to open the word that is the Bible, not because we ought to, not because we're earning something, but because we want to discover more of the wonder and beauty of who Jesus says you are and who Jesus says I am. And therefore those, as Paul writes, he says, oh yep, yep, root it in the word of life. Then you can't help but carry on and say, oh yeah, how you live lightly in this is understanding, verse 13, that God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Wow. So this way of lightness is, yep, we continuously are plugged in, remembering the word of life that is Jesus, who's continuously defining who we are. And then as we get out and think, right, I'm here to shine, we suddenly realize, oh, and God Father, Son, and Spirit, you have everything I need to live this way. This isn't like a quick put up the weights again. I better try hard. No, no. You have everything I need to live this way. Therefore, that work hard means it's an invitation to be intentional. Intentional every day in how we're seeking to live in order that we shine, knowing that it's shining from a place of lightness. So what does that daily invitation look like? I'm getting too excited, so I better sit down for a moment. Let me give you five R's that help me live in that invitation, a daily invitation to shine. First one, in this way of lightness, is repentance. Start your day in repentance. Oh no, how, what? Like, isn't repentance like, I'm sorry? 
Yeah, that is part of it. But actually, repentance is about saying, yeah, I'm not going to go that way, I'm going this way. Repentance means I'm going to go your way, Jesus. I want to live in the good of the life that you've afforded me. I want to live shining out the wonder of the life that you've afforded me. Therefore, surely that's the way we ought to start our day. Your way, not my way. And then from repentance, I say, let's rest. It's not pick up the weights. It's rest in the wonder of the life that Jesus affords you and I. That Jesus is enough and he redefines who we are. He affords us to be the children of God, loved, accepted, and chosen, that we're grafted in him, plugged into him, in order that he will be the source of our life forever. That's what we get to rest in. That's why we pick up our Bible in the morning and you read it. Like we've just started another learning community last week, Way to Stay Centered. First week is all about being sustained in Jesus, our identity and sustained with Jesus, or sustained by Jesus, the power to do everything women are do. And what was beautiful is we looked at these different passages. So we're looking at Ephesians 1, 3 to 8, of just the wonder and beauty of how we're defined. And just hearing different individuals like say, this thing strikes me. And you realize, yeah, we're this bunch of people who've been redefined. And what's true for me is true for you. And this moment of each of us, a light bulb comes on of, hey, we need each other to keep reminding one another of who we are. So we rest, repent. We rest, we then rededicate. So we've rested in the wonder of what Jesus has done. Then we rededicate. We look at our life and say, hey, this is what I've got in store today. I give it all to you, Jesus. Wow. In everything I'm involved in today, would it be a moment where I get to know and experience more of you and show and reveal more of you? That sounds a pretty exciting day. I get to just start that point saying, yep, everything. Well, even the spreadsheets, yeah, even the spreadsheets. Well, even that person who's a bit irritating, yeah, even that person. I rededicate this. Every interaction, the ones that I've not yet known are going to happen, are all going to be for you, Jesus, to know you and reveal you. And then from that place of rededication, we then say, we receive again of everything you have for us, Holy Spirit. This isn't down to me. God, you've got everything I need in order to be all I'm gonna be today, to shine and reveal the wonder of the life that, of who you are, Jesus, and all you're about. Like, do we do that? Do we come and say, God, God, I need you? Like how often we say that bit, rededicate, move on, I've got it from here. We never had it. Do you remember the weights? We never had it. Therefore, come and say, Holy Spirit, give me everything I need. Like I keep doing this throughout the day because I have to. I need more of you, God, because when it's left to me, I, I kind of quickly start to smell bad. And then from that place of saying, I receive you, Holy Spirit, we then get to reveal we get to reveal the wonder of shining in everything we're involved in throughout our days. Being those who cause the wonder of the life Jesus brings, being shown into our everyday situations as we love, 
as we encourage, as we care, as we show kindness, as we stand for justice, as we serve. And I promise you, as we seek to do that and multiple other ways in which we'll express the life of Jesus, it brings us deep and profound joy and hope. Like this is a way that we get to live. That the actions that we take, the words that we sow, then begin to cause others to taste and see that Jesus is good and get to invite them into the wonder of this life that he wants them to enjoy. Like this is what it is to shine. And the privilege is, is this. We are all scattered into a multitude of settings. And God has uniquely placed you in this place at this time in order that you and the uniqueness of how you're crafted would be used to reveal the wonder of who Jesus is. I can't go where you go. Only you can. Hey, here's the deal. You can't go where I can. And something does happens then because it then means that we don't compete with one another. We go, hey, who's the brightest? No, no, it means we celebrate with one another. Wow, we get to shine. Yep, when we gather, this bright light. Oh yeah, when we scatter, these lights that are piercing the darkness throughout the city. Therefore, we're invited to shine. We're invited to shine. The question is, will we? I think what I love about Jesus is it's like never a forced thing. Jesus, when he's questioned about this, he says, like, you don't have to. Like, you could hide this. But why would you do that? Why would you hide the light that you have to shine? Jesus, I thank you for every individual in this room, every individual joining us online, every individual that's going to watch this in a different moment. And I thank you, you are enough. I pray for those of you who are just coming to discover that, I pray would you rush to meet them, to allow them to know you are everything they've ever needed, everything they've ever wanted. And I pray, Jesus, for many of us in this room who've centered our lives on you, are seeking to follow you. I pray, would you come and would you cause us to again know the wonder that you're enough and the wonder and the beauty that of all the places on the planet, you placed us here. You brought us here. For some of us, it was kicking and screaming. For us of us, it was running with joy. For some of us, we had no choice about it. We were just born here. And Jesus, you brought us here because you knew that you could use us to reveal the beauty and the wonder of your life and your light. And I just ask now, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you cause us to know again the wonder of that calling the uniqueness of where you've placed us. But I pray also, Holy Spirit, would you give us the power to live this? Just where you are, just in the quietness of your heart, just say, I receive you, God. 
I receive everything you have for me. some of us, we know that tomorrow is going to look different. We know that actually, yep, I'm going to be having to live a bit differently in those environments you've placed me, God. And for us, maybe we need to speak to someone and say, hey, could you just encourage me as I seek to do this? For some of us, we, we know we're going to have to go and say sorry to some people because we realize that we've just not been shining. We just realize, actually, yep, I need to own that. Not because I'm trying to earn something, not because I ought to, but just because yeah, I want to shine. And I realized that just how I did that stuff, it, it wasn't shining. Like, I, I've realized this, this week, like Paul says, do everything without complaining. I, I've just realized how much daily I complain. And it's felt so uncomfortable. I didn't think I was a complainer. I'm pretty good, glass half full individual, and yet I find myself complaining. I've had to repent daily. God, I'm sorry, your way, not mine. But I just want to pray for us. Jesus, I pray now, would you go with us? I pray as we leave this building, at varying times from this point, I pray would we go with a new understanding, a new kind of freedom to know as we enter our homes, as we think of the interactions we're going to have, as we go on in our works, our retirements, our university campuses, our schools, that we're there to shine. And I pray, God, would you bless us as we seek to live this way. I pray would you bless us with lightness in it, and I pray would you bless us in seeing the wonder and the joy and the privilege of it. And I pray, God, would you cause many in this city to see the wonder of your life and light through us, that we wouldn't be remembered, but that you would. Amen. Amen.